Okay, now we can be starting. What's up, YouTube? Oh, gosh. I was really hoping that wasn't coming, but... Just make sure to like and subscribe. she came. <laughs> make sure to like and subscribe. Ting! Because you want to sign up for those notifications. <laughs> Have you been watching uh, YouTube lately? Um, Once in a while. There's a couple of people I, you know... Keep track of, see what they're up to, keep them under my eye, you know. Right, 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 right. So when when you're watching the Philip DeFranco show, oh. <laughs> you're nervous. Like when when the videos start, like it makes there's this weird little uh, foreign sound where it's like this little thing at the bottom that kind of shows you where you click like subscribe and then you and then you press the. Alert. Are you talking about YouTube or about the DeFranco? If guy? you're watching, no, no, just any YouTube video. No, really I'm brainwashed through it. I probably can't even hear that oh, sound anymore. Okay. I've watched it, too much it, YouTube it in my day. To start because like they all plug in this little thing that kind of that kind of like suggests. Actually, you no, I do like the thing. Yeah. <laughs> for the for like when you turn up for the alerts, and then you just want click 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 click. Yeah, your like finger starts twitching a little. So anyway, make sure to sign up uh, for alerts on this podcast. I think you can do that. You can do that. You can review. You can give a like, a little star button like. You know what I'm saying? It could ding, click, click, click. If you like it. If you know. like it. If you don't like it, I'm just sure, keep I'm, that to yourself. I'm sure all the listeners already know about that feature. How are those stars doing? I don't know. I, I actually don't really <laughs> actually know how to check it slash do check it. So I could be at zero stars. That's a good stretch, Smokey Jones. Ugh, his life's so hard. All right. Well, I have news for you. Ding, 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 ding. What? I have news for you. Ding, 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 ding. I tried to, if you would listen to this, you know I put a, a news report music in. No, 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 it's, well, first of all, I'm, I'm on the show, I get insulted enough, but I don't need to listen to the playback sometimes. Um, you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to make a little, like, he's like, that song plays, like, under, when I, when I start the news. But, like, in your vocalization, that is a ting sound. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's like when I tried to explain to you that flume song and it goes wah, wah, wah. <laughs> what's the news all right so a house oversight committee hearing on UFOs was held on Wednesday yes. and lawmakers voiced their concerns over decades of government secrecy regarding UFOs and UAPs which is unidentified aerial phenomena yes representative Tim Burchett out of Tennessee whoop whoop says this cover-up stretched Far beyond party lines and various government agencies such as the intelligence community and Pentagon have prevented Congress from receiving reports regarding UFOs. Also at the, the oversight committee, whatever. There's so many. Government has weird names for things. Like, just call it a meeting. Or like a yeah. a party. Who goes? Yeah. Two former Navy pilots stepped forward and told their accounts of spotting UAPs. Both sightings were reported to the Pentagon's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which is apparently known to be pretty shady. Oh. I think that's the one that released, like, how many, like, reports they've gotten versus how many they, like, solved, you know? Yeah. And it, they weren't the same number, so that's pretty crazy. Mm. David Grush, I'm apparently America's sweetheart at this point, David Grush, former intelligence official turned whistleblower, swore under oath that the U.S. government has materials of non-human origin taken from crash sites. Grush knew about a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program within the government. And Grush, when questioned by the representative from Tennessee, Mr. Burchett, confirmed that he knew of people who were harmed slash injured in efforts to cover up or conceal extraterrestrial technology. And then when he was asked if anyone was murdered for these reasons, he could not comment. So that's pretty shady. Whoa. And then, so lawmakers are calling for more transparency. But I didn't read a full article, but I got and looked at something today I saw, and it was that they also had found biological material. Whoa. Whoa. Is that all you have to say about this? I mean, I just think that's, you know... You're just in awe? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I think um, next thing you know, you're going to hear us talking about the Pleiadians and, and the Greys and the, and the you know, the potential new world order. And you're going to hear that, like, honestly, like, we need to throw Beyonce in jail immediately. Anyway, continue. No, I, yeah, that makes sense. I'm just guess. All right. That was really, I think, the only news I had. But I had something that I wanted to follow up with from last week. So this is different so, than a correction. This is something. No, this is just in additional information. Proceed. Okay. <laughs> so Dr. Charles Peter Hatchett, who you brought up last week, was a former suspect in Hatchet. the Long Island... Yes. Sometimes it's <laughs> <laughs> So the former head of the Suffolk County Emergency Medical Services called the mother of a missing escort, Shannon Gilbert, and found himself tied up in the Long Island serial killer case. Yes. That is what you brought up last week. So I just wanted to clarify all the things we are speculating about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Shannon Gilbert, 24, disappeared in May of 2010 after meeting a client from Craigslist. 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 In the Oak Beach community. Shannon was seen running through Oak Beach after leaving her client, Joseph Brewer, his home. She placed a 23-minute 911 call that has never been released, but when police responded after several other 911 calls, like from people around the neighborhood, she was not found that night. In the search for Shannon, four other women, known as the Gilgo Four, were found, and then 10 other bodies were found by 2011. So this was, like, the missing woman that kind of, like, kick-started this whole thing. So, like, did anything become, like, Joe Brewer? I mean, I didn't look into it. I don't know. Maybe he, I don't know, got charged with well, having well, I, I mean, I watched the, well... I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I watched a documentary and it was just really weird because it was just like she like apparently ran out of his house because like she just started kind of freaking out, you know? Why? Like they don't know why it's a mystery while she was freaking out. No, yeah, it's kind of a mystery because he just he, well he he said like you know I I think he indicated that they may or may not have been like you know doing drugs or you know she might not have yeah. shown up on drugs, but she started like saying just like crazy stuff like that like including like. He, him or somebody else was like, gonna like hurt her and start like hiding across the couch from him mm. and like the sense that I got from like because like, they, they talked to Joe Brewer a lot the, the sense was that beyond the fact that this was a man buying a hooker he was generally he was just generally kind of like baffled had no idea what was going on yeah you know he's like I just wanted to like talk to someone for the evening no I mean I don't know but like he had no idea like what she was like talking yeah, about yeah yeah so I mean it kind of leads me to think like maybe she got some like weird communication from the guy who was gonna kill her or whatever maybe maybe yeah. Well, Shannon's family believes that the Dr. Hackett, Hackett, um, had something to do with her death and filed a wrongful death lawsuit in 2012, which is still active as of 2020. I didn't find anything Mm. besides that. The family believes that Shannon came to uh, Hackett's home seeking help on May 1st, the night she went missing, but then was taken in administered narcotics. Detectives speculate that her death was accidental, er, yeah, accidental, but it was officially ruled as inconclusive. So that's like the state of her death today. Dr. Hackett was... Have they found her yet? Yeah, they found her. That's okay. They found her like after they found the Gilgo floor. Oh, okay. So Dr. Hackett was very prominent on Long Island and served as head of the uh, Suffolk County Emergency Medical Services. Apparently at the time when the TWA Flight 800 crashed, which killed 230 passengers in 1996... I didn't know about that. Wow. That sounds terrible. He faced criticism after this as he embellished his role in this, like, airplane crash investigation. After the death of Shannon Gilbert, Hackett became obsessed with the case and would respond to emergencies on the police radio, like, in the area where he lived. So he would just, like, sit and listen to the police scanner, and if, like, there was a car crash, he'd just show up. 
Oh, wow. So then that doesn't seem like something you're supposed to do. It was known that Dr. Hackett put himself out to the general public, including having sort of like a wayward home for women, and especially Shannon Gilbert and like this other lady were kind of known to like be there Mm -hmm. once in a while. Yeah. Hackett also called Shannon's mother a few days after her disappearance, leading her mother to believe that he had handed her daughter's death. But as of now, he has sold his home in New York and resides in Florida. Mm-hmm. Where seemingly all people who people know are guilty of something but haven't really got punished for it reside. Mm. Oh, look at the lightning. We're getting a storm. Wow. Okay, so yeah, that was, I mean, I didn't, I want to watch this documentary now because his like aspect of the story sounds interesting too. Yeah. Even though it seems like they have this Rex Hewerman guy like pretty tied up. Yeah. Hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Anything else you want to say? No, I think I feel like you've been quiet. No, no, I mean, I think that's a... just taking it all in. No, that was a good update. You know, it was a good follow-up. All right. I just had to throw throw some some speculation out the window, Good, good, you know. All right. Well, that's okay. Where did you go? Where did you go? Where'd you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. So, (laughs) well, this story this week is a little long, so that's why I was a little short on the news, and Forrest has yet to bring the news, so... Don't bring that sleeping beagle over here. The news is this. Oh, gosh. You're just manhandling there him. There you go. Okay. Well, I'm going to start my story. Okay, please. Are you ready? I, I, I mean, Are I'm you here prepared? For it. I'm here for it. All right. So Dolly, whose real name is Walburga, and Fred Osterich returned to their home after a night out on August 22nd, 1992. While Dolly was hanging her jacket up in the coat closet around 11 p.m., she was shoved in from behind and locked into the coat closet. While in the closet, Dolly heard what she believed was two men fighting and then three gunshots. These shots were also heard by neighbors and the LAPD were sent to the address. The police arrived at a completely dark home and heard screaming coming from the upstairs closet. They conveniently found the key sitting right next to the closet on a table. They released Dolly and informed her that her husband was dead in their living room. Fred had been shot once in the head and twice in the chest. And the house had been tossed, furniture was tipped over, and belongings were thrown about. They were very quickly trying to determine if this was like a burglary gone wrong, or Fred was the initial target since Dolly was shoved in the closet Yeah. Fred was killed. Fred owned two textile factories, so the couple was very wealthy and had already had two attempted break-ins. Fred had previously told Dolly that he heard strange things in the house at night, and he had found that money, food, and cigars had gone missing in their house already. The LAPD began to process the scene. Fred's very distinct pocket watch, which was octagonal in shape and like lined with diamonds, was missing. They seemed to find nothing else missing through the house, even though the whole home was a mess. This included Fred's wallet, which was filled with cash and was in the same exact pocket as his pocket watch. So the burglar like took the pocket watch, just like left the cash there. Hmm. Uh, Talking to neighbors, they reported seeing a man moving about the back of the house with the lights going off through the house completely around 20 minutes after they, like, saw the guy. Okay. So they, like, heard gunshots, saw this guy kind of walking around out back. Probably takes forever for the police to get there, whatever. 20 minutes later, all the lights in the house go off. Oh, wow. So kind of strange. So, let's start from the beginning. Fred Ostrich. I'm probably pr- pronouncing that wrong. Yeah, I believe, it's, I believe it's Ostrich and you're trying to be polite. It, that is, <laughs> it, it kind of does look like Ostrich, but just has like a few extra letters thrown in. It's kind of mm. confusing. Fred was known to be a hard-nosed and hard drinker, but had a, was a great businessman. His wife, Dolly, was charismatic and was once a factory employee of his. Dolly came from a German immigrant family and got a job at Fred's factory in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wow. Boop, boop, boop. 
because he was known to hire like a lot of immigrants at the time. Dolly was an attractive gal who immediately caught Fred's eye. Dolly's sunny demeanor could always cool Fred down when he was feeling grumpy or demanding at the factory. She quickly picked up a job as like a peacemaker between Fred and his employees, like when he would kind of be a douche. I see. Yes. Fred and Dolly, who... The real lady of the people. Yes. Dolly was 17 at this time, were married a few years after meeting and had a son together. Unfortunately, their only child died unexpectedly in the summer of 1910. This unexpected death caused a rift in the couple. Fred began drinking frequently and spending more time working. This then resulted in him turning on his employees more, resulting in Dolly putting out more fires at the factory. To cope, Dolly began having affairs while Fred was at work. Eight years after their son passed away, the company opened a paint a new plant in LA and the couple moved west. LA, Louisiana or La- or Los Angeles? Los Angeles. Okay, continue. Have you ever heard Louisiana just like in casual conversation been like abbreviated? Like we live in TN. We live in the old TN. Yeah, sometimes. Whatever, keep going. All right. <laughs> so this brings us back to LA. Um, in the summer of 1922, the investigators were kind of stumped already on this case. Fred was shot with a 25 caliber pistol, which I guess is a pretty smallish gun. I don't mm-hmm. really know anything. I took Hunter Safety, but all that's out the window. I don't remember anything about it. All right. But wait, wait, wait so it was a 22 inch caliber pistol. So that means it was called a 22. You were gonna give you, your 25. Pill- I guess. Oh, 25. Huh. I don't know. Because I always hear like people saying like for gangsters, I'm going to pop a 22 in the ass. And... Which is funny because a 22 is a pretty small gun. Like you can shoot like rabbits with a 22. Rabbits and dudes butt cheeks. I don't think like you could kill like a deer with a 22 unless you like shot it right in the head. Well, I mean, you're just popping a cap in the ass. Yeah, you know? okay. You're not <laughs> killing them. You're popping a cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Popping a cap in the ass. All right. So from this, four shell casings were found and a bullet was lodged in the ceiling. So there's three in Fred, one in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. They were ident- unidentified fingerprints on the closet door, but in 1922 technology, this really didn't mean anything. Okay. I don't think fingerprinting technology was like really yeah. at its prime it yet. Like, it like whoever, whoever They're like, well, this is kind of grimy. <laughs> they need to wash their hands. Yeah. An anonymous call was placed to the home a few days after Fred's death. The caller asked if there was going to be any reward for information or leading to the arrest of the Slayers. The caller probably hung up and the caller was never identified, but the police were kind of like, this guy seems to know something. Yeah. That same day, the team questioned a former Milwaukee plant manager who had traveled from Milwaukee to help out with the investigation in Los Angeles. He said Fred wasn't too well-liked, drank a lot, and did not have a lot of friends. Drank a lot. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't said anything this whole time, and now you're just like, drank a lot. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. He drank a lot. He specifically brought up a man named Edward Flood. He is an ex-con who was hired at the Milwaukee plant. He lived with the couple even for a while until he was inevitably fired. Edward then went back to prison and sent a ton of death threats to Fred. Edward was released and... He was believed to have had out to L.A. before Fred's death, but he was never caught up with police, and apparently he isn't a murderer. Wow. So it seems like a big loose end that they didn't tie up. Yeah, for real. The police questioned Dolly again about the suspicious like light situation on the night of the murder. The neighbors had reported that all the lights were on at one point, and then they all turned off like after they saw that man roaming around outside. And Dolly said that before they left, they had a light on upstairs, and on the porch to make it kind of look as like someone was home because they were scared of break-ins. Yeah. But they were like, well, that's kind of weird. Hmm. But or else Dolly's story was always consistent throughout this whole thing. So months pass by, investigators grow like no further in this case. 
They believed that there may have been two burglars, but they did not have, like, any really clues of this. Detective Klein thinks this case is very fishy, though. If this was a robbery, then why did they only take the watch and not the cash and, like, nothing else in the house? Why did they stick around for 20 minutes after Fred was killed? And this kind of brought this Detective Klein to think, maybe Dolly's hiding something. They checked the closet for a trap door or a way for her to have gotten out, but they could not find one. She told Klein that her and Fred never fought, but he knew that this was a big pile of bogus because they were married for over 20 years and they had a child die, which seems like something you would fight about. Right. Yes. Detective Klein was walking through the courthouse one day, one spring, and he saw Dolly's lawyer, a man named Herman Shapiro. Herman Shapiro? Herman Shapiro. Okay. It's a pretty good name. Yeah. He uh, it's a very, very lawyer name. Yeah, honestly. it is a yeah. pretty lawyer name. And it was like Ben Shapiro, or whatever is the guy. It was, I was yeah. the first time I heard about the story. I'm like, was ben he like OJ Simpson's lawyer or something? <laughs> that was Rob Shapiro. What was Shapiro? What well, you're talking about Rob Kardashian. I know. No, what, what case was Shapiro in? I, I don't know. Oh well, you knew his name. Well, Ben Shapiro is like oh, this. It's like this I weird he was a conservative too. commentator. Ah, uh, that's why I've heard of him. Okay, yeah, Because I watch Fox News a lot. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. His name's Herman Shapiro. The Asia, <laughs> this, this man we're talking about right now, Herman. Well, Shapiro's a very common Jewish last name. I feel like, yeah, it's a pretty common one. Yeah. A shiny watch caught Klein's eye, and then he noticed it was octagonal in shape with diamonds around the outside. Octagonal, but go ahead. Why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> octagonal. What did I say, octagonal? Yeah, yeah. I watched you do it a couple times. I want to see if you'd self-correct. You did not. Continue. <laughs> I am, I'm doing a lot right now. <laughs> continue. So, octagonal. Octagonal. Continue. Octagonal with diamonds on the outside. Shapiro reported that Dolly gifted the watch to him on his birthday as a client and as his lover. Klein asked Dolly about the watch, and she said that she found it while cleaning one day and kind of just conveniently forgot to tell anybody that she had found it. She didn't want to waste the watch, so she gave it to Shapiro slash lawyer slash lover. Oh. Her boo, her boo thing. That's you. Would yeah. you be my lawyer? Yes. Can you be? I do a poor job. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> Dolly inherited millions after Fred's death, and this made her look pretty nice for murder. But she could have not physically pulled the trigger. Shapiro did not know Dolly before Fred's murder. Great thing to you know really bring the couple together. So she w- he was ruled out as a suspect as well. They had found a previous ex-boyfriend named Roy Clum. That's an unfortunate last yeah, name. Yeah, for real. Roy had some incriminating evidence about Dolly. Roy told police Dolly had come to him after Fred's death and gave him parts of a 25 caliber revolver and a handkerchief and wanted him to dispose of it. Roy had the brilliant idea to throw it in a local tar pit, but apparently he was not a baseball player because he did not throw it far enough and it just landed on like the bank of the tar pit. So the police just like walked up and were like, oh, there it is. And grabbed it. <laughs> Dolly was brought in again and questioned about this gun that she had her ex-boyfriend dispose of. She gave this clum. Roy Clum. Clum. She gave the same excuse that she found the gun in her home while cleaning and thought it would look bad to have a gun in the home while this investigation was going on. So it was just a coincidence that it was the same type of gun that killed her husband. Dolly was arrested on July 12, 1923. Once the people of L.A. knew that she was behind bars, they kind of started to come out of the woodworks a little. One of Dolly's neighbors had buried a gun Dolly had given him after Fred's murder. He buried it in his backyard after Dolly explained that she did not want to like look bad for having it. Dolly's trial was set for December of 1923, 
But Club was really the only person they had to like testify, and the evidence was pretty slim throughout this whole thing. Okay. So she was released and set free to go. Dolly moved on without a husband and with millions. She bought a new home in LA and was living her best hashtag single lady life. Okay. Okay. So, though Dolly was not charged with her husband's murder, something very interesting happened while she was in jail, like waiting for her trial. Yeah. During a meeting between Herman and his client, Dolly requested that he deliver groceries to her home, even though no one was living there at the time because she was in jail. She said her half-brother was living in her home and the food was for him. He was to deliver the groceries to her home, drop them on the second floor in front of the attic door, and then scratch on the door three times. Her vagabond half-brother wasn't much for company, so he was to leave right right after he dropped the groceries off. Okay. She wanted to skedaddle out of there. Herman delivered the groceries, but hung around because that's a very, he, That's a very scary task. Yeah, I don't think I would... Like, a house that's supposed to be empty, and you're like, there's someone in here right now, but, like, they don't want to see me. Seems scary. That's, that's, a, that's how a lot of scary movies start, not end, you know? C- continue. So, or yes, Herman went, delivered the groceries, hung around, because he's like, I want to meet this half-brother of my, my lover lady. You know what? Lover lady? Hmm. Okay. Shortly after he scratched, a skinny man came down from the attic, very surprised to see him. The man introduced himself as Otto Sandhuber, and he was not Dolly's brother. He told Herman right away My name, Otto that he was, <laughs> he was her lover. My name Otto Sandhuber. I am the lover of, of, of the Queen Dolly. Queen Dolly. If you cannot tell, I am Norwegian. <laughs> Norwegian. Otto launched... Because my name was Otto Sandhuber. Continue. All right. So Otto then launched into his life story with Shapiro. It all started. (laughs) He says that he grew up in Milwaukee, so he doesn't probably have. It all started with a with beer. Beer. It all started with a cold pint of Fab's beer. He grew up in Milwaukee. Oh god! (laughs) And worked for Fred starting when he was 16 years old as a sewing machine repairman. When he was 17, Fred sent Otto to his home as Dolly, who was 33 at the time, needed her sewing machine repaired. Dolly answered the door with nothing on except a silky robe and stockings, and their affair began this day. I, Fräulein. What? I don't know. I, that, that's German for a lady, I think. But he's Norwegian. Whatever, continue. All right, that, that was a mix of stuff. So, Otto and Miguel... What if, like, what, what if it was just some... Really fat brute who showed up that day. You know what? What then? Yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering how that started because I'm, maybe I just like misinterpreted this. But how? I don't know. Maybe she did because she worked at the factory, so maybe she kind of spotted him mm-hmm. and knew that if she like called Wolf that her sewing machine was broken, who would be coming her oh, way? Oh, I see. It was this fresh little seventeen-year-old. I see. Which is pretty silly. Which is pert little seventeen-year-old. Yeah. So. <laughs> Otto and Dolly had been together consistently since this day. So their affair started in, like, Milwaukee, and this was, like, in L.A. They would have relations in hotels while Fred was at work and eventually getting invited into the home and sleeping in her her marriage bed. Oh, wow. (laughs) I just, like, I don't know. I just, like, laugh at some of these, like, older, like, articles because they're just, like... So, like, terrified of this. <laughs> Dolly proposed Otto... Wait, 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 wait. This is a, no, this is a terrifying scenario. It know? is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It is continue. pretty scary. <laughs> Dolly proposed that Otto leave his job at the factory and move into their attic so they could be together without raising suspicion. Otto agreed because he was an orphan and did not really have a family. 
So I think he kind of saw Dolly as like his his mama, his mama lover. Yeah. What's the it's Oedipus something is I think father right? No, no. what's the one where the boys I'm, in love with Oedipus? Oedipus complex. Complex. Yeah. 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 So he kind of saw it as his like mommy slash girlfriend. I see. The L.A. Times even went on to say Otto loves Dolly as a boy who loved his mother. Wow. Which is a pretty bad thing to say about your your sugar mama. Yeah. Otto lived in the attic and did whatever Dolly wanted, reading detective novels in the interim. He even began to write his own novels. Oh. He would come down when the The Fred story of Otto Neubenheiser. <laughs> is that even... Great detective, you know. You're right. You do have a pretty good Norwegian accent. Yes. Yes. Continue. He would come down once Fred went to work and tended to Dolly's needs and would even do her household chores for her. So Dolly had a pretty sick setup. While Dolly and Fred were in bed, he would go downstairs and treated himself to a snack or one of Fred's fancy cigars. Hence, Fred hearing bumps in the night or things going missing. Dolly gaslit Fred when he heard these things or saw strange shadows outside their door, saying because it was he was drunk. Hmm. So this this would be so scary. This reminds me, you know, the new of the New Girl episode when they have that guy living in their ceiling and like. Nick keeps saying like my sandwiches are missing, and it's actually because there's a guy living in their ceiling. I I, I don't I don't remember this episode. You don't remember this? The guy would like they had um they set up like that teddy cam footage, yeah. and they had the collage of like Nick uh sleepwalking. Yeah. And then it was like the guy dropped down like from the ceiling and was just like eating their food and hanging out in their apartment. Oh, I know. I, don't, I, need, I need That was that. a very scary episode for me. I'm, yeah. I'm scared of addicts. I don't want someone to be living in it. Oh, no. Anyway, the affair continued over Fred's head for five years while the couple lived in Milwaukee. When the couple decided to move to L.A., Dolly insisted they buy a home with an attic, which was pretty rare in L.A. at the time. So once they found a house, Otto was sent out early to set himself up before the movers had arrived in L.A. This poor, poor man. He was being very manipulated yeah, by Dolly. Yeah, sounds like it. Or he was like being groomed, I guess is the term. So while hearing about this, Herman Shapiro is baffled. He was definitely not prepared for what he was about to experience. So eventually, he steered the conversation over to Fred's murder. Otto knew all about the murder and the previous break-in attempts. Otto wanted to protect them. He wanted to protect Dolly. So while they were both gone one day, he went out and got a gun. Because like the break-ins were true. The night of Fred's murder, he was reading in the attic when he heard the couple come home and heard them begin arguing. Dolly had once kind of alluded to Otto that Fred was abusive, so Otto ran downstairs to see Dolly on the ground and Fred standing over her. Fred was obviously started to see Otto, who was possibly a burger and then possibly being like, you worked for me in Milwaukee, what are you doing here? Um, So Fred lunged at Otto. They wrestled over the gun, a shot went off into the ceiling, Fred paused, and that gave Otto time to fire at him three times, most likely killing him before he even, like, hit the ground. Oh, wow. Uh, Otto said it was his idea to stage the scene to look like a robbery. He locked up Dolly in the closet, and they left a key out so he could be quick. she could be quickly freed like, when first responders got there. He took Fred's watch, destroyed the place, and returned to the attic while the LAPD searched the home. Wait, the police didn't go in the attic? I guess not. What the fuck? It seems like a very, like, yeah. not thorough search, yeah. but... Whatever. So, Shapiro <laughs> was baffled as he was in a relationship pretty much with Dolly at this point. And he was in this relationship while this man was like up in the attic the whole time. Yeah. Hopefully, this house had some good inflation because he would heard some nasty things. Yeah. Strangely, Shapiro told Otto that he needed to flee and pack his bags to Canada. So, Shapiro was like, I'm not going to tell the police, but you should go to Canada. So, he did. 
And Otto fled to Canada, and Shapiro kept his relationship on with Dolly, even moving in with Dolly now that her attic lover was out of the house. What? So God. this lawyer guy's making some pretty this tough guy, decisions. Yeah, this lawyer guy's making some really weird calls. So now, flash forward seven years later, in 1930, things fall apart between Shapiro and Dolly, and Shapiro brings this story that I just told you to the police. Okay. Finally. Right. All the evidence against Dolly came from her messy-ass relationships. This Clum guy, the Shapiro guy. Yeah, for real. Otto, messy. Detectives found Otto in Canada under the name Walter Klein. And he I was am Walter married. Klein. <laughs> and he was married, so he had a wife. Oh. Isn't that nice? He was brought back to L.A. to stand trial for Fred's murder. He told that the shooting was in self-defense for him and Dolly. The media went crazy over this case and called Otto the attic lover, the bat boy, and the batman of L.A. The batman? Which is, I don't know, that's kind of cool. Was Batman out? Probably, batman wasn't out at this time. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. In yeah. like the 30s? No, yeah, probably not. That's, yeah. So Dolly was not concerned as she did not pull the trigger. So she felt that she was innocent. Fred's siblings also came in and they were like, no, no, no. They contested his will because at, do- at this point, Dolly had been like living her best life, like off of Fred's money yeah. and like his will. But Fred's siblings come in when she gets arrested and they contest his will and said that they had found a final will awarding $50,000 to each of the three siblings, the old plant manager in Milwaukee and the Christian Science Church and Mrs. Maggie Rex of Chilton, who I guess was an old family friend. Mm, but that nothing to, like no, 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 to They what? only gave Dolly and her mom $30,000 each. Mm, okay. So Dolly would have significantly lost a lot of money. Detectives were also informed that Otto was possibly responsible for trying to burn down Fred's Milwaukee plant at one point. A fire marshal in Wisconsin received an anonymous tip that an employee was bribed $1,000 to burn down the plant, but this was never verified and Otto was never charged. Mm. The same thing happened in... Like with the will situation, the will was never determined valid and Otto wasn't charged with arson. So they really just kind of shoot those ends out too. There's a lot of like untied up ends yeah. in this. Otto was indicted with Fred's murder on April 11th, 1930. The DA said that Dolly was like remaining silent, but she may need to talk as another indictment might be coming. A few days later, he indicts Dolly. So almost eight years after Fred's murder. Wow. Okay. So that's pretty crazy. Otto's attorney said that they were going to try to plead guilty by reason of insanity and may give more information on a third party involved with the murder. The DA's office stated that they were also aware that there may be a third killer, but were not ready to release info, but this never came up in the trial. Okay. So add another loose end on that there hmm. might be a third person. Dolly and Otto were originally going to be tried together, but it was appealed by Dolly's lawyer. So I guess, I didn't know they could try people together. Yeah, you can. Oh. Interesting. Uh, oh, sorry. As like co-defendants for someone's murder, you can definitely charge someone as co-defendants. You know, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Like if you just think they had like equal, like part, and you have like equal evidence against both of them. Yeah, pretty much. Like if you can like charge them like for conspiring to murder, or if it's kind of like yeah, or if they, you know, I guess I don't know. I mean, it's char- You know, I don't know. Co-defendants is kind of tricky sometimes. It seems tricky. Yeah. But anyway, during Otto's trial, which occurred first in the beginning of June, his story changed. The Otto had told the court that Shapiro had influenced him to tell the story to keep Dolly safe. So, like, his original story, he said it was coerced out of him. The story was drummed up into him to save Dolly if arrested, and the story was all made up by Shapiro, since, you know, they were co-mingling. Okay. His real truth was that he heard the gunshot and spent all night huddled in the attic in fear on the night of Fred's murder. 
They also brought up that Dolly groomed him and they villainized Dolly for starting a relationship with a 17-year-old and many other men, which, don't slut shame, but she is a pedophile, kind of, so. But also, okay, I'm not standing up for her at all, but she also got married at 17. Like, that, yeah. I feel like that's kind of how it was back then. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I, which is not right, I think but. It's more, I think it's more just like the hiding your, you know, your uh, your affair in the attic, you know, in, in, in the home. I think that, yeah. you know, that's Well, I didn't really do the math this. either. Like, this, I bet, I wonder if, I wonder how close an age 17 was to how old her child would have been at this point. Yeah. Which is also kind of dicey. She's kind of villainous. No, hiding hiding in the attic, I think, at this point is, is pretty bad. Yeah. And the fact that this kid is, like, an orphan kind of makes it worse. Like, I don't think a normal, like... Yeah, Norwegian orphan, you know? <laughs> little, little Hans. We don't even know if he's from Norway, wherever Norwegians Norway. are from. Norway. Thank you. Oh, nice. Okay. The brain's moving a little yeah. slow. So they even in the trial, I guess, dubbed Shapiro as the basement lover. Pretty funny. The DA showed Otto was not a cowering innocent, but a willing participant. Jury found Otto guilty of manslaughter in first degree because first degree murder was like too harsh. Like I think they kind of felt bad for him. Yeah. However, the judge ordered Otto to zero days in prison as the statute of limitations on manslaughter was up. Oh. Wow. So he pretty much got off. Wow. So Dolly's trial went pretty similar. The DA portrayed Dolly as a depraved and wife that wanted Fred's money. He stated Dolly shot Fred herself with some secret gun, which I don't really know where that was coming from. I don't think that's true. Dolly had a, a lot of these, these guns. There's just, there's just guns flying all yeah, over the Yeah, there's guns all over this yeah. house. You know, yeah. So apparently her defense attorney was pretty famous and had represented Marilyn Monroe and Charlie Chaplin. So I guess this guy was a big deal. The jury came out hopelessly deadlocked and was sent home for the evening. The next morning, they were still deadlocked. And then the DA eventually decided that it was not worth retrying since the statute of limitations for manslaughter was up and she would probably just get off scot-free anyway. So Dolly was released in December of 1930. Dolly lived out the rest of her life in LA with all of her inheritance. Not, I don't know why it's, it's not an inheritance. It is inheritance. I guess yeah, you inherited it. Yeah. And like whatever, Fred's money. She remarried eventually, but died two weeks after they got married on April 14th, 1961, and she was 80 years old. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. People think that maybe, like, she got married to this, her husband's name was, like, Ray, so he could get the money, I guess. Hmm. But Interesting. That's just crazy. You get married, and then you just die. Yeah. And you get married at 80. That's wild. Yeah. So Otto returned to Canada to his wife, who stuck by his side until he died in 1948. Wow. So that's pretty crazy. Interesting, yeah. So really, I also then, reading about this, got curious if, like, I knew where any of this stuff was in Milwaukee, like, the factory or the house. Yeah. I guess pretty much the Milwaukee factory is closed and, like, probably, like, identifiable or gone at this point. And their home on South 16th Street is demolished. I'm trying to think where 16th Street is. I, yeah, I can't think of it. look it up. Yeah. However, their deceased son, Raymond, who was buried in 1910, still is in the Holy Trinity Cemetery. Oh, wow. Cool. So that's in Milwaukee. Yeah. But... But yeah, that was the story of the murder of Fred Osterich. This is such a good, rich history um, of this, like, people hiding in, like, crawl spaces in houses and doing nefarious things. They just should not put them yeah. in there anymore. Well, that's what I, um, one of, like, the first things, places I, like, heard about this, I think, was that uh, Once Upon a Crime yeah. podcast, and, like, she does a different theme every month, and the theme was, like, nefarious things that have happened in oh, addicts. Wow. And it was, it was have you, pretty scary. Have you, ever, have you ever seen the movie The Boy? No. That's right, folks. Oh, Forrest's 60-second movie corner. Movie corner with Forrest. Let me get know. the stopwatch Outside out. Outside of the 60 seconds, which is only applicable to my description of the plot, let me just say, 
it's a decent slow burn. I give it, you know, on the forest scale, it's. I'm gonna give it a three point seven five. Wow, out of five. that's a lot of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, are you ready to explain the plot? All right, sure. It's ready, set, beep. So all right, so this this girl she needs to work as a nanny. She's having a hard time. She's kind of out of money, and so I think she's living in London. And she, you know, finds a flyer to become a, become a nanny for a couple. Anyway, she gets there. It's a very rich couple, and it turns out they're they're she's gonna be a nanny for their son, but their son turns out to be a doll, you know. And the the lady's like really super protective over over like the doll, like you know, you like you need to like do all these things with the doll, put it in front of food, all that sort of stuff, you know, do all this shit with the doll. And uh, so she's taking care of this doll. She's really weird about it. Weird stuff starts starts to happen when she's like out of the room from the doll, and things are getting moved around. Just kind of like things like, oh, it's like is this doll alive? She's, and she starts mm-hmm. kind of get freaked out. Anyway, um, long story short, things kind of devolve, you know, with the, with the doll and like you know the way the the family's treating her. And the uh, the kicker of the movie, spoiler, you know, skip ahead. Otherwise, is that literally <laughs> there? The, there was the, the doll was not alive, but their son was in fact living in the walls of the house and was this terrifying kind of monster-looking person. There's a minute. Who, That's really scary, actually. Some of the terrifying monster <gasps> oh. person who was kind of like controlling their lives too. And Why? Like, How and, is he controlling and, their and, lives? And, 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 and the guy was kind of like. Had like kind of like had subhuman intelligence, basically, if I'm remembering this right, and like literally just like made them like treat treat the doll like like his son, like as some like weird like you know show like me love. Voyeuristic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah, old yeah. was the son? What? How old was the son? But when this, by this point, these people are like old and like like this guy's an adult, you know. <gasps> Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I thought it was a child. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. So no, anyway, no. decent, decent movies. You check it out. I don't like that one. If you, if you, well, if you, if you, if you like scary stuff involved like, like like this where it's like someone's hiding in the house basically it's kind of like trying to figure out what's going on it's a it's a decent slow burn movie. um this has been the corner of the forest the that's movie, a, that was a that was a corner. good movie corner that kind of reminds yeah, well, me you of like orca we haven't watched it yet. no i haven't watched orca mm-hmm. we i am ready for the meg to come out though yeah but that reminds me of what's the uh tyler perry movie where like the guy is like pretty much in has like his inbred like children that are like kind of not human almost tyler perry tyler perry like like medea no what's his name what's the guy's name that makes like nope and get out and stuff oh what's his face jordan peele jordan why did i say tyler perry yeah jordan peele (laughs) (laughs) medea what's that movie though what one is that it's the one um oh barbarian Oh, Barbarian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he make Barbarian? No, he did not. God. What a needless interjection of Tyler Perry. <laughs> I'll just cut it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that reminded me of that. I don't like it. It scares me. Well, that was that was my story. I gotta run to the bathroom. Make sure to like and subscribe. Okay, thank you. All right, well, All right. let's say goodbye first. Bye-bye! Bye-bye!